groovy. Got it. Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, June 16, 2022. And today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in Bill's story on page 10. We are going to be at the second paragraph starting with that wartime day through two paragraphs, ending in was as far as I had gone, unpacking those two paragraphs. Today's readers are, and thank you for Team Thursday, Martha Z, Abby S, Devorah S, Kelly I, Betty N, Newcomer Greeter, Karen W, and the host of the second awesome unrecorded hour, Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, June 15, 2022, 7 a.m., 19,073, that's 19073, and for the 10 a.m., 19,074, 19074. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Kelly I. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Kelly. Good morning, everybody. This is Kelly I, compulsive overeater in Anderson, Indiana. Reading the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Number six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, we made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, we continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, we had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Kelly. I will now ask for Betty M. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Betty. Good morning. This is Betty N. in sunny Florida and the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve. I pass. Thank you so much, Betty. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear the timer in the background and I will say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the book, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on page 10 
in the second paragraph going through two paragraphs. And I'm going to ask Martha Z to step on up and get us started. Go ahead, Martha. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your loving service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. That wartime day in old Winchester Cathedral came back again. I'd always believed in a power greater than myself. I'd often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are. For that means blind faith in the strange proposition that this universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. My intellectual hearers, the chemists, the astronomers, even the evolutionists, suggested vast laws and forces at work. Despite contrary indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay all. How could there be so much precise and immutable law and no intelligence? I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as I had gone. Good morning, my friends in recovery. So here's Bill. He's right on top of step two. And um, I think sometimes we think in step two that we have to have this perfect conception of God, but step two is actually just about our need for a higher power. And um, and Bill's already there. He says, he's talking about the paragraph before he goes, I had to be, he's talking about, I had to be interested where I was hopeless. And I personally was quite hopeless. At the end, I was eating against my will. I was, I didn't want to eat another second and I couldn't stop. And I was crying while I was eating. It was definitely not working. So here's Bill. He starts thinking about his childhood experiences, you know, with a higher power. And, um, one of the most important things for step two is open-mindedness. So he's actually kind of open-minded here. He's actually thinking about this. And he starts to talk about his grandfather and, and how his grandfather, that the spheres had their music and his grandfather didn't think it was right for the preachers to tell him how to listen. And uh, one day I was reading that and, and I thought, wow, you know what, I wonder if that had any bearing on Bill's, you know, how he had this, how we could have a power greater than ourselves in our program because he that was what he grew up with so he had this open mindedness just like his grandfather did and then and then he goes back to the the wartime day in the Winchester Cathedral so that's it and you got, I know you guys know this but that's just on page one and it it talks about the Hampshire grenadier who caught his death drinking cold small beer and um so when they're talking about musket or by pot, they are talking about alcohol there. They're not talking about our pot as we know it. Um, <laughs> so I had always, um, I personally um, had always believed in God. I did not have a personal relationship with God. I lived next door to the church. I was there for the youth group. And if I wasn't there, they would have come and rolled me out of bed. So, um and I'm also, I feel, I almost feel ashamed that I didn't ponder these things a lot. I was more worried about losing weight and finding somebody to marry. I, I, I feel terrible, but that, that was where I was. But today, I'm so grateful not to be suffering from compulsive overeating. But more than that, I'm really, really grateful to have found a relationship with God that helps me with all my problems. And... um Right the second, um, about a week ago, my mom 
fell and broke her hip. She is 98 years old almost. And mm. I am so grateful that I that food is not an option here, that I can leave this all in God's hands, pray for continued divine direction, and that I can be... I can stay peaceful and as much as possible I can bring peace instead of, you know, everybody else is so worried and upset, her especially. And and I can encourage her when she says I'm done to just, you know, like we're going to take it one step at a time. You know, that's what we're going to do, just a little bit at a time. So anyway, I, I thank you for your prayers for me. <laughs> thank you for letting me share. That's Thank you so much, Martha Z, for getting us started. Definitely prayers for your mama. Okay, so although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you've shared on either Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you step aside and let others share their experience, strength, and hope. Thank you kindly. Okay, who else would like to share on what was read on page 10, second paragraph? Heidi H. Dabbling Kelly. Christina J. Rosie W. Katie H. Rosie Rosie W. I'll try to get back to that. And Katie H. Rowena K. Rowena K. Okay. And did you get Heidi H.? I did, Heidi. Thank you. Oh, sorry about that. Thank you. No, no, that's fine. Okay, here's what I have. Heidi H., Davlin K., hopefully I got that right, Christina J., Rosie W., Katie H., Rowena K. Forgive me if I butchered butchered some names here. Um, Anybody else? Okay, sounds like a great group. Okay, Heidi H., you are up. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Heidi H., grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeater, blessed just to be here on this morning outside of Chicagoland, and thank everybody for your service, and thank you, Martha. And what stuck out to me in this paragraph and the previous ones are that he's now is in his ascent of step two, coming from step one, meaning it's, you know, we came to believe, but this is a process, and I believe he is coming to believe, and that has been my step two process, that my world has opened up the more that I stayed abstinent, the more that I practiced what you practiced and believed in a higher power and watched. Maybe I wasn't able to put the food down. Maybe I wasn't able to do some things, but I watched it work in you, and I borrowed your higher power until I got my own, until I put things in the God box every day, and it worked. And that's my process of coming to believe. Um, I have many, many years in a different fellowship, and if it wasn't for a sponsor saying to me about a year ago, Heidi Herman, you need to find yourself a bigger God, then my world wouldn't have opened, and and I wouldn't have found you, which has just blown my mind, meaning OA Big Book. And I think that Bill here um, is coming to believe, and he's reflecting back. You know, they say before you pass until the next life, if that's where you go, that all the images of your life pass before your eyes. And I believe that Bill here is going through a change. 
uh, a psychic transformation. And absolutely, this paragraph shows us again that the chapter is not called into thinking. The God of our intellect is not going to help me here. I'm not going to think myself into abstinence. I'm not going to think myself into a higher power. My head, my obsessive compulsive thinking only helped me to get out of where I'm feeling right now. And that's what the food did for me. So we're, it's exciting to watch in the next few chap, uh, pages and paragraphs where Bill's ends up on his spiritual from the heart, the language of the heart, not the language of the head. Uh, that biggest journey is the language from the, uh, the journey from the head to the heart. And it's great to watch him open up and that mustard seed explode. And he is coming to believe. So that's awesome. Have a terrific day. Thank you for letting me share. Glad to be a part of. Mm. Thank you so much, Heidi, from Chicago, Chicagoland, as she says. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, let's keep it rolling with Davlin E, followed by Christina J. Davlin, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for your service, moderator. My name is Davlin E. Uh, living gratefully and joyfully in recovery in Manitoba, Canada. The words that leaped out at me this morning as I was reading the passage are, with neither time, no restriction, no restriction on time. And I came to this program about seven years ago, and I came with this deep belief that I was never going to be good enough for whatever God was. And over the years, very, very slowly, I have come to recognize that whatever our higher, my higher power is, there are no restrictions on time. There are no limitations at all. That this spirit of the universe will forgive me anything as long as I am willing to be changed, to be transformed. And it has changed so much in my life that I can now feel my feelings without guilt and shame. I don't have to go to food anymore to hide from anything because food was always a way of hiding. I have lots of other addictions that are ways of hiding too, but food was a real killer. So I am so grateful for these steps that have brought me to a power that loves me unconditionally, no matter what, and allows me to pass that love along. With that, I will pass, and thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Davlin E. from Manitoba, Canada. Okay, Christina J., you are up, followed by Rosie W. Go ahead, Christina. Excuse me. Morning again, Amy. Christina J. from the state of Washington, soon to be in North Carolina. Okay, recovered for today by God's grace. I love how this book takes us along step by step. Just a page or two back, we have Bill admitting he had been overwhelmed. He'd met his match. Alcohol was his master. Step one all over the place. Then God slowly is now going to take him into step two and... Like Bill, I always believed in a power greater than myself, always. I had those wartime moments. I had magical moments in my heart throughout my life where I connected with something greater than myself. It was beautiful. Um, I knew there was something, and I called it God. 
But as an addict, uh, the last line here, but that's as far as I had gone, I can't live on just part of step two. And I always knew I had a problem with food. I didn't know I was powerless over that first bite, so I hadn't completely taken step one. Um, Just one bite, really? Powerless over one bite? Yeah, because that thing ignites the allergy, and my brain is on fire for the next bite, and I don't stop. So there's not... There's not one bite in my life today. It's not an option. But as an addict, I can't live only on a belief. Um, I was only living on the first part of step two for years, came to believe that a power, I believed in a power, but I didn't know it could restore me to sanity. I didn't know that there was these other steps um, that would take me to an opening in my heart where God was sitting there inviting me, come on in, let's have a relationship Let's clean house. You know, turn your will and life over to me. I began to have that when I turned 60 and I surrendered my career. I began to know what that looked like, and God knew. God knew it was going to take that sacrifice of my career that I'd lived all of my life for. Sacrifice it. Because I I couldn't run it anymore. I couldn't control it. I didn't have any more money to carry it forward. So I had to surrender it, and it was painful. But then I learned that that's what it was about, surrendering my will and my life over to the care of God as we understood him. Then the next steps that would take me to that opening, that door that opened into that place of a connection. Without that, I got nothing, people. I got nothing. I have people. I have fellows. I have program and steps and things. But unless I have that relationship, this is all going to be dry. This is all just going to be going through the motions, you know, of doing the steps, without a connection, it's nothing. Um, But these steps take us to that connection. So living on just part of step two, I think a lot of people in the world do that. Many of us believe in a power, but we don't know how to open the door to a relationship, and that's what this book does. That's the miracle of these steps. Mm -hmm. And when you get to, to 11 and begin to work that 11 and 10, where you continue to take that personal inventory daily and get rid of the the crap that comes up. We, we're human, you know. We live in this right. world, and we're going to have stuff come up. Without that t- step 10, it builds up, blowing off the little things. Oh, it just I can handle it. It doesn't matter. That's BS. So uh, if you're out there and you're new, uh, get going on taking these steps. Find a sponsor. Your life awaits. I'm telling you, your soul is going to open to places you never knew. I'm going through, as many of you know now, a big change, a big move, packing and cleaning, and oh my God, it's intense. But I don't have to turn to food today, because I got God with me, and you guys, and everything. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. from Washington State, soon to North Carolina. Okay, Rosie, you are up, followed by Katie H. Please go ahead. Thanks, Amy. Um, this is Rosie, compulsive overeater in Devon in the UK. Um, oh, <clears throat> before I say anything about this paragraph, I just wanted to share intense gratitude for this program and for my higher power. I'm in bed full of COVID and <clears throat> and I'm my food is quiet. It is to the gram. It is healthy. <laughs> it's a miracle. Um, my yeah, my sick beds historically were always war zones full of food and plates. Anyway, this oh gosh, I love this paragraph, and I 
I love reading it today as well, just seeing seeing just really being allowed into a really sort of thoughtful explanation of Bill's thought process as he looks step two in the face here. Um, you know, really digging down into what he does and does not believe in. And what I love about this paragraph is that he's he's showing what he does believe in. The next one, yeah, he says, Okay, with with, with those guys, religion I parted company, but here he's really invested in, you know, I, I hear in him an open mind and actually I hear in him a far more open mind than I came in with. Um, I have to be honest, I'm still really comfortable with with the strange proposition that this universe originates in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But um, what he had, which I didn't have when I started, was little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay it all and that's I could not find that in me and over the years in recovery I have felt a, a growing sense of um, unease and discomfort about my relationship with higher power and about a year ago I, I just I remember saying to my sponsor I've got a step two problem I know I have and after months and months of examination and re-examination and going back through the steps and a lot of praying and outreach and step tens, what finally, finally was made clear to me by my power was that I didn't have a problem with step two. I just had the wrong kind of God in mind. And for me, you know, for me, probably as with all of us, there is a great danger in trying to trying to over understand and over analyze our gods and over pigeonhole our gods but my my problem was that i i was trying to force myself to believe in someone else's god you know a god with human characteristics a god with human traits and a human voice that spoke in english sentences um and when i finally finally was willing to become free of that only a few weeks ago a few months um I finally had a step two process. You know, I finally had what Bill has, actually, which was a mighty purpose and rhythm, just not a human one. And it's it's been transformative. Um, and so I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for time in this program, actually, because I'm an all or nothing kind of a girl. And I came in and I grasped quickly that this wasn't just about weight loss. I grasped that there was so much more. And I was frustrated that I wasn't getting it. But it took time. It took time for me to work out that when I prayed to the wrong kind of God, I was actually blocking, you know, I was hindering rather than helping myself. So I'm grateful for the slowness that this program has has necessitated in my life and um, for the, the ability to continue to do the steps and for the many hundreds of people I've spoken to over the last 12 and a half years who've helped me arrive where I am today. Time. I don't like doing anything slowly. Thank you. <laughs> I don't like doing anything slowly, but I'm so grateful that I have. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Rosie, from UK. All right, Rosie W. from the UK, and we hope you feel better. Goodness. Okay, Katie H., you're up, followed by Rowena K. Katie, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Katie. I've had a heard of Katie H. Okay. Uh, Rowena, Rowena K, if you're up, and then I'll circle back to Katie. Rowena, please go ahead. 
Hi, this is Rowena Kay uh, from the United Kingdom. Um, thank you for letting me share. Um, and uh, yeah, when I was 14, I, I had religion um, because I'd been brought up with religion. And I remember praying um, <laughs> religiously every morning. Um, but that was kind of destroyed when I became obese um, uh, at 16. And then when my parents got divorced, I just blamed what I used to call God for everything. And I was like, no way, I'm, I'm believing in a God that can make me fat. Um, you know, and I was so unhappy as a teenager being so overweight. So I absolutely hated God uh, because I blamed God. Um, but I feel as if I, you know, I've kind of come full circle, gone through all kinds of sort of full processes and things. Um, um, but what I like about this paragraph is the part where it says, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay all. Because I, that's, I do believe that, you know, like, I mean, I just have to look um, at a fruit. This is a strange example, but you get the, I don't know what you call them in the US, but it's a star fruit or a Sharon fruit or a persimmon. And if you cut that in half, it is absolutely perfect. It's a perfect star. Um, and I'm like, well, something actually created that so it kind of links in with what he's saying about you know precise and immutable laws and all that kind of thing um and also like what he says about the great unknown spirit of the universe because it is a great unknown to me and and it's also something that no one else can prove no one can prove their god exists i mean you know not sort of in the way that it's a sort of a scientific way and i'm not sort of saying god doesn't exist i'm just saying it's a great unknown because no one can actually say um with actual proof um, that the God exists. But it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> it's the irony of it all. It doesn't matter because I used to, uh, somewhere else it talks about worshipping um, people, jobs, money, and all those sort of things. And I worship and still do worship those things. So if I can worship another person, if I can worship my job, then it doesn't really matter <laughs> if I believe in God or not because it, anything is better than the God that I have and had you know, then not believing. Um, and it's, it's just kind of my logic for not believing actually doesn't make sense because I believe I believe in a load of crap anyway. <laughs> so believing in a higher power is actually a massive step up because, you know, it's not going to hurt me the way food hurts me, people hurt me, and or let me down. Um, so, you know, and I'm not saying, yeah, so I guess um, what I am saying is that I don't know what God is or if it exists, but I'm quite willing to believe in something um, and it doesn't really matter what I call it, um, although I don't really like the word God, but that's, that doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's me. And I guess I'm sharing today because I had a chat with my step 10 partner last, last night and we talked about coming on the meeting. And uh, uh, so she said she may share if I do. And I hope she does. So I look forward to that. And uh, thank you all for being here and thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Rowena from the UK. Okay, so we are going to take another round of people who would like to share. Uh, we are on page 10, the second paragraph, going through two paragraphs, ending in was as far as I had gone. So who else would like to share on what was read? Matt J.F. Linda D. from Connecticut. Matt J.F. Linda D. Linda D. Harlan. Roz G. Roz G. Is there someone else there? 
or else we can go with what we got. Beth, Beth V from Pennsylvania. Beth V. Okay. We have got, uh, I think it was Matt J. F., Linda D., Harlan, Roz G., and Beth V. All right, Matt, you're up. Step on up to the plate. Thank you so much. Good morning. Uh, yeah, this is Matt J.F. in Kentucky, recovered today. And uh, I came into the program, I was a, it was unlooked for, so I wasn't, I just sort of blundered in. Right? I mean, I've been obese my whole life, but um, I thought the program was BS and yeah, whatever. And then I had a moment of realization when, like, I realized that, yeah, there are there are just some foods that once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting. Like, that was just true. And when that happened, I was a devout agnostic, which means to me that um, I was, you know, reasonably certain that there was, like, something out there in the universe, but um, not anything that knew my name. Like, it had nothing. It was, like, it was a, it was a power of you know, black holes and where do they go and galaxies colliding. It was not a power of like, why can't Matt stop eating donuts and drinking Coca-Cola? Like that just, that didn't seem to, to jive to me. Um, but when I came in, <clears throat> you know, I, I just, I, I just was able to overcome that. The fact that like, I didn't know what my conception of my higher power was and just trust that, like, it would work out. Because I was, I wanted so badly the sanity that I heard in the voice of the person who sort of eddied me into the program without knowing it. Like, I wanted that serenity. I wanted that sanity. I didn't well, I, In fact, I weight loss. I just, I came for the sanity. And I just trust it would work. Okay. In hindsight, though, what I think is true about the way that I thought about it is that I didn't need a deity. I didn't need to understand everything about my higher power. And, you know, it strikes me that Seth, this phrase, um, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Not a God that we understood. Like the only requirement for being my, the higher power of my recovery was that it be sufficient and sufficiently reliable to enable me to stay abstinent when my self-will was going to fail, which it did all the time. And that was it. Right? That, and, and that's a pretty low bar because my will sucks. My will had never done a damn thing for me. My will had led me to eating up to nearly 400 pounds at five foot eight and getting gastric bypass surgery and then continuing at nearly 300 pounds for the next 15 years. Like, that wasn't working out too well. So it was really a low bar. And, like, I didn't, I didn't need the higher power of my recovery to explain anything about the world or my recovery or anything else. I just needed to be sufficient and sufficiently reliable to enable me to remain abstinent and get recovered. And that's what happened. So if you're new and you don't know what it is yet, maybe just trust and it'll work out. Okay. 
Thank you, Matt, from Kentucky. All right, Linda D., followed by Holland G. Linda, grab the mic. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm recovered, not cured, so I'm here to learn. Um, I have had such an interesting life, period. Um, And a day before yesterday, I found something. And the something I found relates to the um, doggerel that uh, warned Bill in Winchester Cathedral. Um, And it was remarkable. I hadn't seen it for years. And um, the doggerel was, um, love is the answer, love is the key, be with me, set yourself free. And it was on a key-shaped piece of um, paper, an art object. And I thought, oh, my God, wow. And I had no idea how to use that. And this program, or how to apply it, this program has given me the opportunity to uh, grow and to be well and to be neutral, whatever that means. And not interested in food because I found something better. I found God. And I was an atheist. And it wasn't sophisticated. I just examined my experience with a couple of major religions that work for some people, but they didn't work for me. And I decided, well, there is no God. Not sophisticated. Um, I'm not a sophisticated person. At least I wasn't then. I hope I'm somewhat sophisticated, but mostly I hope I'm somewhat uh, humble because this program works and God is so really, really real and has showed me that day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. I'm so very grateful to be growing in this program because it's about love and it's not human. It manifests through people, through my own soul. I didn't know I had one. It's fantastic. This program is fantastic. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for helping me grow and heal. All of you do, and I appreciate you. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. from Connecticut. All right, Harlan G., from Scottsdale, Arizona. I already know that. So now I don't have to say it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your service. Um, yes, she already said it. Um, we're taking a look here at the very, very beginning of surrender in Bill's mind. There's. I, I was thinking I was going to wait till next week, but I'm, I, I wanted to jump on this because The wartime day in Old Winchester Cathedral is so key here that it needs to be represented. What happened in Winchester Cathedral? What did he see? What was he exposed to? He was exposed to a man's grave who died in 1624 named Thomas Fetcher. And Thomas Fetcher was a British soldier, a Hampshire grenadier, who caught his death drinking cold small beer. A good soldier is never never forgot whether he dieth by musket or by pot. And the opening reader touched on this beautifully, 
but what did what is going through Bill's mind right now? Bill has been hospitalized twice for his drinking. And the second hospitalization, he is laying there in the town's hospital, and Lois and Silkworth are having a conversation. And Silkworth is telling Lois he is convinced that Bill is an alcoholic, not a heavy drinker, not a moderate drinker. He's an alcoholic. And Bill is going to have to be hospitalized. He is going to have to go to an insane asylum. He is going to go to a he's going to die. He's going to go to, he's going to, something's going to have to be done. And he gives Lois information on asylums to confine Bill in because Silkworth knew the problem. He knew the physical allergy by observation. He knew the mental twist by observation. He knew what was wrong with Bill, but he didn't have a solution for it. Ebby Thatcher is coming out of two months of the Oxford group. The Oxford group wasn't concerned with alcoholism. They are not our predecessor. We draw an enormous amount from the Oxford group, but they were not concerned with alcoholism. But they had a program of action that was keeping Ebby Sieber Graves, Roland Hazard, and Shep Cornell and others sober without knowing the problem. So here is where the problem we're going to see it more on page 11 and much more on page 12, much more on page 12. But the problem is about to meet the solution. And when rivers have a confluence, they become greater rivers than they were before, and it's going to change the world. He's fighting with this idea of a God-based solution. He doesn't like it, but he's beginning to surrender because he's surrendering to himself, yes, there is a power greater than me. Yes, I can call it what I want, believe what I want. There is a power greater than me. Maybe I too can have what Ebby is presenting to me. And this is the beginning. We're going to see it consummated on 12. But we're going to see the beginning here. I'm going to go. But we're going to see the beginning here of Bill's acceptance of a spiritual remedy to his alcoholism. With that, I'm out. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan from Scottsdale, Arizona. All right. Roz G, followed by Beth D. Go ahead, Roz. Hi. Good morning. Uh, my name is Roz G. I'm in Palmdale, California, Los Angeles County. And uh, for the way to, for me to approach this paragraph is to, you know, just kind of identify my own experience with um, – um, how I approached my belief in God and these 12 steps um, because I, you know, I grew up in a Catholic church and then I became a born again Christian and I attended um, fundamentalist church and uh, I practiced um, the disease of compulsive overeating more um, of, among my religious affiliates and associates and friends than anywhere else. And um, I would pray the calories away, and um, yet I would go and uh, have a bread. You know, on certain mornings of the week, I would uh, feed my kids breakfast, have my own breakfast. You know, they'd go to school, and I'd go to Bible study, and have a second breakfast at Bible study. You know, cakes, cookies, coffee. I'd get high on that stuff, and um, then you know. The, the, all the casseroles and 
food. I was completely, completely obsessed by the foods. I went on retreats and um, lusted after the people's foods at people that didn't finish their, their dessert. If there wasn't a dessert, I became very resentful. I mean, I practiced my disease more with church than anywhere else. And God, you know, my belief and my practice in God was not sufficient to face my weight problem. But that's what I thought it was. I thought it was a problem with weight. I had no idea that I had a spiritual malady. And the 12 steps have given me such a deeper relationship with that same God, with the God of my understanding, because I was a selfish, self-centered woman. And the root of my problem was selfishness and self-centeredness. And my ego was the size of my house. And it was all masked by a person who practiced a religion, but it was completely I was a phony. And while I practice religion today, it's not in that in that same place. And I have a church that I belong to, and I love it. But the 12 steps have given me such a deeper relationship with God. I'm a, a transparent woman. I, I'm real. And I, I sponsor women uh, from all different faiths. And it's such a respect. And I'm so grateful that I have this relationship with God and um, that these 12 steps have, you know, given me such a quality of life and, and, and that it works. So I thank you very much and I pass. Thank you so much, Ross. Perfect timing. Okay. Beth. Oh, that's Ross from Palmdale, California. Beth V, you are up. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, and good morning to everyone on the line. My name is Beth V, as in Victor, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Uh, the line that jumped out at me today was, I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitations. And for me, it was a, you know, of course I had to. It is imperative for me to believe in a power greater than myself because I was hopeless and nothing else had worked for me. I was insane and I had, I had turned, I tried so many ways and nothing else worked. So I had to turn to something greater than myself and my belief that my personal higher power had no uh, limitations, this idea also was really important. I had to believe that something bigger than me could fix this problem. And um, I came to believe, you know, just like uh, it says in step two, we came to believe. uh, And this, you know, I I was, I I had to accept this direction in the big book. And um, once I came into the program and, I was able to work the steps which unblocked me uh, up from my pride and ego and my intellect. And once that happened, my, my higher power could slowly seep in quietly and gently. And um, <laughs> it went into my, my heart, my soul, and my mind. And my belief that 
my higher power, had no limits, was so expensive, could do anything. And I just had to get out of the way, get my giant, my gigantic ego out of the way. And so I just wanted to thank everyone today, all my fellows in vision that I hear every day, reading these important words in the big book one at a time. And I also thank the newcomers who speak up and reach out for help because this allows me to work my program in, in working with with newcomers and with others. And that is what that is also a part of the, the answer in staying abstinent today. So thank you all once again and with that I will pass. Thank you so much, Beth V as in Victor from Pennsylvania. Okie dokie. So we have time for probably one, maybe two shares. Who would like to share on what was read? Ramona A. Ramona A. Maybe one more person. Maybe I'll squeeze in there. All right. Let's let's just go with Ramona, and then we'll see what we got left. Okay, Ramona, grab the mic. Hi. You're Hi. Yeah, thanks. Ramona A. in Vermont, and recovered compulsive overeater, and profoundly grateful for that. Um, I wasn't sure. I listened to people's shares and said, boy, right on, right on, you know, and, and thinking I didn't have anything to share, but maybe my story will help somebody there because I thought all my life, I thought that, I didn't feel his love because I was fat, and I thought that was true with God, too, and I had to earn my way into God's love and God's help. You know, I knew God could or would if he if, uh, couldn't would if he wished, but I didn't think he was going to wish until I became perfect. You know, if I could just somehow control my weight and be a perfect person, then all would be well. And controlling my way, I tried everything. I tried everything, and of course, I couldn't control it. I couldn't control my eating, um, much less my weight. And it was coming into OA where I found out that all my thinking was backwards. You know, that I had to let go. I had to say I was powerless. I didn't, not only didn't I have to control my weight or my food or my eating, I couldn't control it. And if I couldn't control it, you know, I was going to eat unless God would take over and help me with this. And through the years in Overeaters Anonymous, I've been able to turn around and truly surrender all of that and let God take over and feel that I am loved. I'm loved by, by God. I'm loved by family. I'm loved by people. And it's just an amazing experience. So if there's anyone out there who feels they've got to earn their way into um, God's help? Let go, because that's that's what really will will uh, take care of this illness. You know, put it into remission. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ramona A from Vermont. Glad you shared. We've got time for one more. Who would like Heather to take out? Heather Heather? Bryce? Was, was it Heather? Yes. Heather E.H.? Okay, Heather, 
you've got yeah, you've got about two and a half minutes. Please go ahead. Okay. I don't know if this will make any sense or not, but this just kind of popped into my mind. I'm just going to give a little bit of my experience. And um, Heather, where are you from? Where are you from, hon? Oh, I'm from Texas. Gratefully recovered um, in Texas. Okay. Just for today. Okay. Um, I think my relationship with my higher power is changing for the better because I've seen more and more miracles happen to me in recovery um, than I've ever seen before by coming to vision and working these steps in vision. And I just finished working um, through the 11th step, and I'm now on the 12th step. And um, before, before vision, I had had spiritual awakenings in other programs, and they were deep and profound. But um, I wasn't willing to quit eating. And so I didn't have a full relationship with my higher power. And I kind of um, felt stuck, and I knew it. And um, I, what I guess is um, when I finally came to the point that I could no longer take the, um, the consequences of the pain of overeating, I surrendered, and it was like a miracle. It was like a miracle before in many different things, but with the food, it was a total miracle because that was the last thing I had to put down. And um, so I'm just working toward a relationship with my higher power and my knowledge and um, relationship with my higher power is now growing. And that's all I have. And thank you for your service. And I pass. Perfect timing. Thank you, Heather. I think it was E.H. or uh, from Texas. Thank you so much for taking us out. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for another second unrecorded awesome hour of study, the big book, immediately following the closing and the newcomer greeter information. The share ID for today, Thursday, June 16, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time OA Vision for You meeting is 19,076. That's 19076. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Abby S., could you please read a vision for you? Hi, good morning. This is Abby S. I'm recovered in Michigan. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and that great event and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.